good group here today. Thank you for everybody for, for most of you taking the day off yesterday in honor of my birthday on Saturday. Not because it was Saturday, but it was my birthday. That's why you, most of you were off. <clears throat> um, my name is Joe Davis. I'm the lead teacher here in the garden. We're continuing this, this series. It's a, <clears throat> a nine-month lectionary series called Move Over, which goes through the Old Testament and ends in the book of Mark. And the idea is preparing the way for Jesus, making his path straight. And today, I'm really, really excited about the, the message today. It's called Clearing the Vineyard. There's no silly, funny video to go with it, no rock song for me to walk onto the stage with. I know, and no dancing. It's just pure scripture. And before I get started in reading the passage, I want you to know what Isaiah 5, 1 through 8 is. If you are a Jewish national at the time, if you are a Hebrew, this is a funeral dirge. It's a very tragic song about your nation, about your country. But in grace, when look, looked at through the eyes of grace, this is a celebration. So we're going to be talking about clearing the vineyard. You see the picture there of a great vineyard that is on fire? Let me just read this passage to you, the first part of it, Isaiah 5, 1 through 8. Let me sing for my beloved my love song concerning his vineyard. My beloved had a vineyard on a very fertile hill. He dug it and he cleared out stones and he planted it with choice vines. He built a watchtower in the middle of it and he, and he hewed out a wine vat in it and he looked for it to yield grapes, but it yielded wild grapes. And now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge between me and my vineyard. What more was there to do for my vineyard that I have not done for it? When I looked for it to yield grapes, why did it yield wild grapes? And now I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will remove its hedge, and it shall be devoured. I will break down its wall, and it shall be trampled down. I will make it a waste. It shall not be pruned or hoed, and briars and thorns shall grow up. I will also command the clouds that they rain no more upon it. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel, and the men of Judah are his pleasant planting. And he looked for justice, but behold, he got bloodshed. He looked for righteousness, but behold, he got an outcry. Woe to those who join house to house, who add field to field, until there is no more room, and you are made to dwell alone in the midst of the land. Just so you give an understanding, this is the book of Isaiah. Isaiah is a prophet, and he's singing this song as though God were singing this song about his vineyard, his vineyard being Israel. You guys know we've gone through the history of it the last few months, and now Israel's in a situation where it's in a divided kingdom, southern and northern. But before we go through that, I want to make sure that you understand the history of Israel as a vineyard. Did you know that grapes were the most important crop in the ancient world outside of olives? Growing grapes actually is a very knowledge-intensive art. It's more of an art, really, than a science. It's more art than agriculture in many respects. So Isaiah's readers would have had a very, very good understanding and be intimately familiar with grapes and grape vineyards. And so what happens in this passage is we get two unmistakable long lists in the history of Israel. There are a list of times at first that God went out of his way to give Israel everything possible, every opportunity, every tool, for, and every circumstance to be successful giving them an opportunity to keep their end of the conditional covenant through Jewish law, Jewish religion, 
and temple worship. God said, I've done everything I possibly could. There was this vineyard. I cleared out the stones. I built a tower, a wine vat. I planted the best possible vines. And all I got was injustice and sour grapes. But they were given every opportunity. If there were ever a group of people that it could have been successful through religion, it would have been the Jewish people. No other group of people would even have a prayer. If anyone had a prayer, it would have been the Jews. So that's the first thing God does. He gives them every possible tool and every possible opportunity. Another list of things he does is all the aspects he does with prophets and things like that. But the list of times that Israel turned away from God and failed to live up to their end of the deal is just as long as the list of opportunities and tools and things that he gave them. If there was ever a group, guys, of people that could have succeeded via human effort, through religious effort, through being good Presbyterians or good Baptists or good Catholics or good Jews, if there was ever a group that could be a good anything, it was this nation of Israel. Yet all they could produce was bitter, sour, unacceptable grapes. And that's the history sort of behind what we're looking at today. This nation of Israel who's gone through all these things, how many times did God manifest himself? Let's look at what God does. Let's look at God's vineyard work. What are the things that he did? He gave every opportunity for religious success. Look what he says in verse 2 about the vineyard. He dug it and cleared it of stones and planted it with choice vines. He built a watchtower in the midst of it. He hewed out a wine vat in it, and he looked for it to yield grapes, but it yielded wild grapes. What do these things mean? First of all, he removed stones. That means he removed foreign nations that occupied the fertile ground where the vineyard was to be planted. Philistines, Canaanites, Assyrians, the list is endless of people and nations that God removed so that Israel could have this incredible land flowing with milk and honey. Then it says he put a tower in it. That's Jerusalem. The idea behind it was that Jerusalem would be the center of God's kingdom and people from all over the world would come there for wisdom and worship and that happened for a time under Solomon's reign for a short time until Solomon turned to apostasy. But that's what the tower means. The stones removes the nations. The tower, he puts Israel right in the center of the vineyard. Then it says a wine vat. You know what the wine vat was? It was temple worship and the sacrificial system that was designed to prepare and to help the Jewish people stay connected to Heavenly Dad even in the midst of their sinfulness. Those are the three things that he does. He clears out the nations, he gives them a capital, and he puts together a worship system that they should be able to follow. In addition to all this, you know what else God did over the course of the years of Jewish history? Countless miracles. The Red Sea, the plagues, the victories, the Battle of Jericho. I mean, I could go on for an hour listing. How, how real does God have to make himself? There it, I would imagine if you were Jewish, it would be impossible to be an atheist. Think about that. Then he gives them incredible military victories and great kings. David was a great king. Solomon was a great king. These might have been some of the greatest human leaders in world history. 
He gave them faithful prophets that actually spoke his word to them. He gave them amazing mercy. Every time they would turn away from God and walk their own way, he would forgive them and restore them and give them grace and mercy. And he gave them unbelievable blessings as it compares to the nations around them. But yet the vineyard fails. So God purges the vineyard. So guys, the vineyard vineyard is a metaphor for Israel's religious failure. What's the scripture say? He removed the hedges and the walls. Guess what comes in when you remove the hedges and the walls? The stones. The briars and thorns would grow in it. False religions. And no more rain. The blessings from heaven began to cease. All of this was fulfilled. The Assyrians came and took away the northern kingdom. Babylonians came and conquered the southern kingdom. And later on, Rome would rule Jerusalem. The very tower in the middle of the vineyard is ruled by a heathen nation. And this seems like a dark, sad time. And indeed, if you are a Jewish national, it was. But in reality, what God has done here is not just about judgment. It's not just about God being displeased. It's God creating a better path. What it does in reality when he destroys the vineyard is he sets the stage for the coming of Messiah that would work to bridge the gap that had been made between God and his chosen people because of their sin and religious failures. And God's destruction of the vineyard that Israel adored so much was actually a blessing that would rescue Israel from the very consequences of the failure they had betrayed upon themselves. How would we do it? Through the work of Jesus. Because, guys, there is no room for both Jesus and a bad vineyard. So let's look at the devotional side of it. Clearing the vineyard equals a fresh start. This series is called Move Over, Nine Months. And part of what had to move over, guys, to make room for the coming of Messiah were all the things that people trusted in and hoped in for forgiveness and salvation prior to Jesus' coming. Including these ridiculous, emotional, sentimental ties that we have to religion and self-righteousness, and temple worship. And you know what happened during this time? Israel fought the clearing of the vineyard with tooth and nail every step of the way. They tried to hold on and grasp and cling to this vineyard that God is taking away, saying it's not good enough for you. You weren't able to succeed in the vineyard. I'm bringing a Messiah. But Israel just tried to grab and hold on. And it's like, don't take our vineyard. They didn't give up easily. But you know what happened? The Holy Spirit began to work in the hearts of many of them. And the Holy Spirit gave them the gift of what? Faith. That the ability to let go of sour grapes and the old vineyard would produce 
an ability to embrace a real connection with Heavenly Dad. This gift of faith enabled some to abandon the covenant of works and embrace a new covenant of grace. And grace came in, and what seems to be a sad story, grace comes in and clears out the bad vineyard and gave Israel a fresh start, even while they're fighting it. Because what happens is a bad vineyard always yields bad grapes. Sometimes the vineyard can be really nice, well irrigated, nice green leaves, but something happens to a vineyard. Something can crawl in and creep in, and if it happens on one part of the vineyard, what people who run vineyards know is it can spread to all the vineyard. So what has to happen a lot of times? The vineyard has to be destroyed. You have to begin again from scratch. But when that happens, there's an opportunity. An opportunity for a better crop. An opportunity for fruit of righteousness. Not religion, but a fruit of righteousness to come and take hold. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. I'm going to take several minutes here, and I'm going to leave that verse up there. It's actually my last slide of the day, so you have nothing else to look forward to on the screen. But just as I'm talking, look at that passage. All week, I struggled with this personally. Oh, the sermon writing was a piece of cake this week. But what was being written on my heart was a kind of a challenge. Is it possible that there are some vineyards in our lives that need to be cleared out to make room for the fresh start that Jesus gives us? Is it possible there are vineyards that have taken up way too much of our time, way too much of our energy, way too much of our resources, way too much of our emotions? Is it possible that there are vineyards that promised you one thing, but yet delivered completely sour grapes to you? So over the next five weeks, we're starting a little mini-series within this series, and we're calling it Fresh Starts. It really starts today, though, with this sermon about how Heavenly Dad came and cleared the vineyard of Israel. Let me give you an example of what I mean by fresh starts and what we're going to be doing at least two times each service, maybe three if we have enough people, each week for the next five weeks. And what we're going to do is we're going to have a real big focus for the next five weeks on what it means to have your vineyard cleared and to embrace a fresh start. Now, pastorally speaking, let me say this to some of you. I know some of you are hurting. I have conversations with you. Emails, Facebook, phone calls, texts. <clears throat> Sometimes I see you here. And as a shepherd, I know some of you are hurting. Some of you are hurting because of things that have happened outside of your control. Some of you are hurting because of things that have happened right within your control. 
And right now, you're feasting on sour grapes. And it's painful. And it feels like that you're in a situation where you know these are sour grapes, but for some reason we want to stay. And just like Israel fought tooth and nail to hold on to this vineyard that was no longer of any value to them, we still seem to cling and hold on to things that hurt us, things that bring us pain, things that we cause ourselves or things that other people have caused in our life. And we have this desire to stay in a burning vineyard, but in reality, what God is doing, what God is doing, and sometimes it might be painful, is he's clearing out the bad vineyards in your life. So I started thinking about my vineyards. And I'm going to give you an example of what I mean by fresh start. And this is an example of how we're going to be doing it each week. And what I'm going to need you guys to do is you know, email me or Megan starting tomorrow to, to volunteer to be a part of this act of worship. And what we're going to do is we're going to do this for five weeks, and at the end of the fifth week, we're going to have some, some, some things in the back, and I'll explain it to you in just a minute, but we're going to give everybody a chance to do it at one service. But what we're going to do is have opportunities for people to come up and declare what they're taking a fresh start in. And then to signify it, we'll just ring a bell. We're talking about 10 seconds or less. So here was my fresh start as I was thinking through this week and what I wanted to share with you guys. And I don't know if you know this about me, but I struggle oftentimes with insecurity and needing words of affirmation and it's silly, right? I mean, I'm up in front of people all the time. Maybe that, you know, I, I just struggle with it since I was a kid. And that puts a burden on people and it puts a burden on me. So here's the way it's going to go, just like this. My name is Joe. I struggle with affirmation. But today is a fresh start. 